Welcome to Living the Dream Acting, the podcast. A podcast for actors, by actors, about acting. And here's the host, Christina Kipper Halstead. Hi, and welcome to episode number one, the inaugural episode of Living the Dream Acting, the podcast. I am your host, Christina, and I am so excited to begin this journey with you. On this podcast, I'll feature interviews with actors, writers, directors, and all of those involved in the performing arts from stage to screen, including those artists living outside of New York and L.A. in the regions, where the rules of the business can sometimes be a little different. This podcast has been a dream of mine for the past four years. I wanted to start this podcast to create community and to learn from other artists. I also wanted to share inspiration with others. And like I said, this is about creating community. So if you have any insights or inspiration, please share it with all of us. You can leave a comment on my website, livingthedreamacting.com, or like us on Facebook and leave your comments there. Our very first episode features Mike Lawler, a professional actor in Phoenix, Arizona. He has worked in television and film, and he is an award-winning stage performer, as well as just an all-around great guy. I can't wait for you to meet him. But before we get to the interview, here's a little bit about me. I'm a trained theater actress and singer. I earned my Bachelor of Fine Arts degree from Niagara University. It took me about nine years to get my degree, and I might talk about that on another episode of the podcast. I've been performing, writing, producing, directing in one form or another since I was a small child, and now I'm lucky enough to be the mom of an amazingly handsome and talented eight-year-old boy. Living the Dream Acting started as a personal blog after my divorce. I wanted to share my highs and lows as I attempted to have a balanced life as an artist and a single mom uh, who still wanted to work as an actor as well as give back to others. And now the blog is also a podcast. You can find out more about me, my inspirations, and the podcast by going to livingthedreamacting.com. So let's get started. My first guest interview with Mike Lawler was originally recorded in 2010. He's a member of Actors' Equity and SAG-AFTRA. He's worked for BBC Television and Lifetime. And as he shares in the first part of this interview, he was a bit of a late bloomer. Here's Mike. Mike, thank you very much for being on my very first episode. I'm very excited. Thank uh, you for, for having me. Absolutely. Living the Dream Acting. Living the Dream Acting. Dot com, the podcast. So, awesome. um, I support you. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> In your endeavor. So, um, so let's start from the beginning. Literally, like... Where were you born? <laughs> okay, I was born in Chicago, Illinois. Okay. Yeah, um, on the south side. White Sox, White Sox fans, not Cubs fans. Got it. Um, and a uh, you know, beautiful neighborhood in south Chicago, um, a little burb called Beverly, Evergreen Park. Um, and I have four brothers and two sisters. And I'm right in the middle. Okay, yeah. great. And when did you um, first discover 
acting or performance and were, were you little like you know young or in yeah, school or? little i i uh well you know my um my parents both love music and my mom actually uh um was an actress before she married and went studied a good men in chicago and met like cheryl uh, went to school with shelly berman and geraldine page and jose ferrer and big deal and and she got her uh, her equity card in Summerstock in Boston. And then she met my dad, had a bunch of kids, and, and she didn't act anymore. But they both loved music. So we played piano in the living room of the house. We had um, uh, teachers that came over and, and coached us. And so I started music at, uh, at piano at six. And then about the same time, um, uh, my parents had sent us to uh, summer camp up in Upper Wisconsin, a beautiful place that's still there called Towering Pines outside of uh, Eagle River, Wisconsin. And it was a camp uh, between two lakes, and and uh, it rained a lot, as you can imagine, in the summertime in Upper Wisconsin. And so um, we'd um, we'd have a, a, these events in a rec room, and you know, these counselors said they must have been actors because they put on a production of Peter Pan one summer, and uh, and I got cast as one of the uh, Lost Boys, and that was my first uh, first experience on stage. And I just remember them flying Peter Pan up to the rafters, and he was on a a harness with a big, thick hemp rope, and he hit his head one time and made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and how old were you when uh, that was? That probably um, I was probably ten, maybe nine, nine or ten. Yeah. And um, we moved out to Phoenix uh, shortly after that in nineteen in the mid sixties. And uh, I went to school, uh, elementary school, and. Um, in Scottsdale called Paiute, which is no longer there. And I had a fabulous teacher in seventh grade. Her name was Mrs. Kearns. And Mrs. Kearns said, well, we ought to do a play. Maybe we could do a play. And so I went to the library there at Paiute, and I found this melodrama. Didn't know what a melodrama was, but it was a play. And uh, we did it, and I got cast as the uh, the, uh, the villain sidekick. And um, and I remember just having a, having a gas. I was always a kid that um, I wasn't... I was shy, but I wasn't shy as far as, for some reason, for reading or like getting in front of people and reading. I was, I had that kind of like desire to do, you know, get in front. So, so that was really, really fun. And then um, I really got into it in high school. And I'm going to tell you more about that if you like. Yeah, okay. definitely. Yeah, so we I want to, to know uh, everything. Oh, cool. I went to Scottsdale High School, which again, it's another school in Scottsdale, which is no longer there, but it was a fabulous school. And, um, and uh, we had a, a fantastic uh, drama teacher there. His name was Dave Coates. And I had a chance in my junior year there to take a, a, a class, any class I didn't I wanted to take. And I've been taking, kind of following my brother's footsteps and taking like a bunch of math and science. And, um, and I, I thought, well, the drama. I'll just take this drama class. I just thought it'll be fun. So walk into class and they're, he's casting. First first week he's casting the importance of being earnest he's announcing these auditions and i go i'll go it'll just be a flu i'll do i'll go and sure enough i got cast as uh, as john as Ernest. and uh we went into rehearsal and uh dave Coates said to me one time in rehearsal he says uh, i want you to turn and say this line and when you say this line you're going to get a laugh and I thought to myself, how do you know that? You, you, you don't know. What do you mean you get a laugh? I said, oh, sure. I'm going to get a laugh. And sure enough, first audience, I turned, I said the line, I got a laugh, and I knew right then, this is what I want to do. So, there was magic. That was magic to me. I mean, saying lines and getting a laughter was a, a thrill. It was a, a, it was a high. It was, a, it was so exciting. I just, I loved it. It was it was playing it was playing it was playing it was playing cowboys and Indians it was playing games and it was fantastic 
And I loved it. And that really was it. I, and I did as much drama as I could. We were so busy through my junior and, se- and senior year. I think we did six shows, which was crazy for high school to do six shows. Yeah, six that's shows. a lot. That's a lot. And um, and then I uh, went on and... Usually do one. Yeah. You know, the yeah. spring production. Right. That's a lot right. of training. And uh, I went with my friend. We, we went on to Scottsdale Community College after that and became a theater major. Yeah. And went on... Was at Scottsdale Community College for a year, and then uh, transferred up to University of Denver, and got a BA in theater up there. Yeah. Okay. Great. And then, so, um, what was that like? What was that school like, and what kind of work did you do there? Well, it was much different than, uh, of course, Scottsdale Community. Scottsdale Community College at that time was a very was only had been around for two or three years, and we did we were doing our all our drama classes and all our productions in a little. Uh, it looked like a barracks. It was a temporary building, a little black box that uh, a, a fellow named Dr. David Hardaway uh, did a fantastic job putting a program together. He was a terrific teacher, and we did a bunch of shows in there. And but it was a, it, he was it. He was the drama department. One fellow teaching uh, intro to theater, scene design, acting, um, all the performance classes, makeup. Um, he brought in people to teach clowning. He was uh, an amazing program. Matter of fact, he had gotten his PhD up at uh, University of Denver, and I had an older brother and sister that had gone to, to DU. And I thought, well, gee, I no, I kind of got a wild hair. I had the opportunity. I had very generous parents, and they said, all right, if you want to go, go. So I applied, and I got involved in the, pro- on the program up at DU, and it was like a big, big change for me because um, I was kind of a goof off, if I can say that. Before I, I mean, I. I I was driven when it came to theater, but I was pretty undisciplined. And I got into DU, and I realized I kind of had to buckle down. And it was a much bigger program. There were, I can't remember, I'm going to say eight or nine faculty members, maybe even ten faculty members in that department. It was a big program. They had they had a um, the BA program. They had a BFA in acting. They had an MFA in acting at the time. They also had a PhD program there, all in theater. Wow. For a very small college, of DU at that time was maybe 8,000 students. Um and but terrific instructors, uh, lovely school, and and uh, and so I, you know, it was kind of and much more. Uh, it was uh, they did a lot of uh, uh, a lot of classic theater, some Shakespeare, Greek um, uh, restoration, everything. It was um, and and uh, and then they had another. Um, uh, they called it a second season. They did a uh, they did um, very modern off Broadway avant garde, if you want to call it that, uh, experimental theater. And another, so we had a whole range of, um, of plays that, that were being produced and, and just fantastic experiences. And I met some terrific teachers, Bill Akins, uh, Jerry Harkey, uh, Joyce Sullivan, um, uh, Ed Levy, Abe Grossman, some terrific guy, uh, Lou Crickerdew, who uh, was the scenic designer there. Really terrific. So I got a lot of experience in, in uh, stage movement and dance and voice and, and, and uh, uh, you know, both acting and act period styles of acting and that kind of thing it was a really terrific education. So you got your BA from there. Yes. And then what happened after that? Well, you know, life come the wheels came off my uh, my little wagon there. Uh, I, I uh, DU at the time had an MFA in acting, and there were a handful of us that, as BAs, were. Uh, taken into what they called a pre-MFA program, and we were going to like gradually move into the. When we graduated, we would move into the MFA program, and it was kind of a given that we were on that track. Well, the my senior year, the funding for the MFA program in acting got yanked. Oh my The gosh. foundation pulled their money, so wow. was, 
So I went to, you know, like a lot of students do, went to um, the URTA auditions, and they were regional. And um, and the deal is, you you go to URTAs and you get um, you get you pass the regional audition, and you go to finals, and then typically you go to or to final, and some school will pick you up, either offer you uh, a degree program, maybe a scholarship, something like that. Well, I didn't make it to final, so. Um, I drifted around. I I, um, I went back to Chicago, and uh, was my older brother was in law school at the time. I thought, well, I'm going to try and get into law school, and um, that was uh, God had other plans for me <laughs> besides going into law school. I, it, um, thank goodness, yeah. <laughs> or thank God. <laughs> so um, so I I, uh, I drifted around. I, I ended up. Um, about a year later, I ended up back in in uh, in Phoenix, and I got in the restaurant business. And, uh, I, I was in there for, like, I got a job in a restaurant. Let me say that. I went back briefly and went into a, a grad program at ASU, uh, an MA program in theater there. But I only lasted a semester. I just, you know, I just, um, I was confused and mm-hmm. just not really sure what was going on. I was pretty unsettled and, and, um, uh, just having a hard time personally at that time. Just kind of figuring out what to do, what I, you know, um, what I wanted to do, so I, I dropped and I um, and then I I did I, I was in the restaurant business for um, about eight years without doing any theater. I didn't do any theater for eight eight nine years. Traveled around, went to Iowa for a while. Opened restaurants. Um, I worked for a chain called Garcia's and um, um, went to Des Moines, Iowa for a bit. I was in Kansas City, uh, Overland Park, Kansas for about a year and well almost two years. Um, I was in Albuquerque for about two years and then my dad got sick in the mid 80s and um uh he had um, moved back he moved out here to arizona and um so i, I moved back out here in 85 and uh, with my older brother and um and i started getting back into theater about that time i was um uh just ahead that when i got i met a friend in albuquerque who an actress who was uh, uh worked at the same restaurant that i did and I thought, gee, you know, I, the, the, I got, I got inspired again. I got, I got motivated again. So I, when I moved out here, I um, thought, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this a shot again. And all I did was I auditioned for every, every community theater show that I could do. And, and uh, at that time, Phoenix Theater was about the only game in town. Uh, music, musical theater of Arizona um, uh, became available to uh, um, actors, a, a wide group of actors, a little bit later than that. So. Uh, I did. I uh, found myself doing a lot of um, ensemble parts and musicals, and and got some supporting parts, and and um, I took uh, some classes and took classes where they were available, and took some classes at Actors Theater at that time because the Actors Theater was a new um, um, small professional theater under an equity contract, and uh, they were doing some really really exciting work, and um, um, I started taking some classes there and doing some understudy work there, and. And, um, yeah, and got, got back into it. So when you went, I just want to go back a little bit. Um, when you went to Chicago, and that was like the first big move that you made after school, mm-hmm. really, um, and you were thinking about going into law, but not really going to happen, obviously. <laughs> but were you do, did you do anything in Chicago, or was it, was it kind of like after those big, those URTA auditions, you just, there was nothing for yeah, an eight-year stretch. I mean, it was funny because I was living with a. Well, I had a friend, uh, a girlfriend, 
friend, girlfriend. <laughs> we were one of those. Yeah. Okay. We were, we were on again, off again for, for a couple of years. And, and Judy was uh, generous enough to, uh, um, um, kind of tag me, bring me along. And I, I did some dinner theater, uh, right out of, um, right out of college. And we were in Little Rock, Arkansas doing dinner theater for three months. And then, uh, I was really was about getting a job at that point. I, I, I wasn't sure I wanted to go back to school. I really wasn't sure what was going on. And my dad said, look, come to Chicago. Your brother's in law school. Just come on back here. Stay for a while and let's talk about this. And then, you know, I got there and I go, why don't you look at law school? Why don't you, why don't you apply to law school? And I thought, yeah, what a great idea. Sure. What the heck? You know? So did you, was there a conscious moment where you kind of quit acting for a period or was it just, you just sort of weren't trying anymore as you were trying to figure out where you fit in and yeah, what I you think, wanted your path to look I like. I think and that maybe was it. I wasn't like, I, I think I was really kind of at a loss coming out of school. I wasn't really sure what to do. I needed to do something and I wasn't sure what that something was. And, and, uh, again, my dad was generous enough to have me come, you know, live with him and, uh, again, my older brother. And, uh, and so I, you know, kind of, Focus guy, well, I'm going to tackle this law school thing and see if I can get in. And, and it wasn't really that, um, I guess that was the track that I was on when I was there. And it wasn't like I was like, well, I'm also going to look for acting jobs here. I think my focus was really, well, let me see if I can get into law school here. And I took some, you know, some classes and things to help me with the, the LSAT and all that. But yeah, and it wasn't like, I mean, Chicago's a huge theater town, so it's not like the opportunities weren't there. It was just you weren't in sync at that time with Yeah, it wasn't that. I think sure you know, my dad was anxious was. for me having helped pay for this for three-year education, very expensive three-year education to do that I, you know, do something. And, uh, you know, understood where he was coming from. And uh, and it wasn't until later. I think I could have said at that time, you know, gee, I, you know, I had to look at some theater opportunities here, too. It wasn't, I think I, I don't know, I... Uh, I was willing to look at other options at that point. Let me just say that. And I think I maybe, I really, I just didn't know myself enough. Just know, no, this mm-hmm. is really, really what I want to do. I was yeah. at a point where I was just like, mm, I wasn't, you know, typical of me in my, you know, in that time of my life. I wasn't really, had the ability to really look, ask myself some really honest, direct questions about who I was and what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. But which, so when you when you had that point eight years later that you sort of were re inspired yes. to go out again. Yeah. Um and then and then you basically said almost said yes to that calling. Because yeah. I think of it as a calling, yeah. like that yeah. that strong desire that we have is I don't want to put myself on the pedestal of nun or a priest, but it's that well, same sense. Okay, <laughs> but it's that same sense of like where you feel like the universe is saying, "This is this is your role. This is who I want you to be mm-hmm. in in the the vastness of life, and this is the place I want you to path I want you to be on." You know, and we sort of have that that passion coming through, but like for you. Um, well, what were you going to say? Were you going to say something? Well, I, mean, I thought we were going to go there. I mean, I thought, you know, why, you know, why do I act? I mean, it, it's, I think it's, it's a good question to ask and it's hard to explain to people who aren't actors, but it's where I, you know, my coach, it's where I, I'm the most alive. It's when I'm the most alive. It's a thing that, uh, It's a thing that I'm most interested in. It's the most interesting 
storytelling is the most interesting thing to me in the world. And it's so great because there are so many different stories to tell and so many, so many different things that we can do. And I, I, it took me a while to, to figure that out, but it's what I know. It's what got me, uh, it's what got me interested in it. And, in, uh, in when we were doing Peter Pan and later on doing the melodrama at Paiute. And certainly when I did the importance of being Ernest at Scottsdale High School, it's when it's, it was that, Oh, my, oh my God. This is so, it's so much fun. It's just so exciting. It's so exciting. And I think that's what, when I saw my friend up on stage and, uh, and when I was in New Mexico, I go, Oh, oh, I really, really want to do this. I really want to do this again. And that's, and so when the, the opportunity presented itself for me again, when I, you know, my dad was sick and I was moving back here and I knew some people here and I, and I, I don't know. I just thought, uh, this is a, this is a, feels like a good place for me to start again. And it was, it was a great place mm-hmm. for me to start again. Phoenix is a great place. So how, how old were you when you started again? Again. So what, 86 was my first show. I was 32 again. Yeah. And not having been on stage. Yeah. 24 is probably about right. I'm not sure exactly. Mm-hmm. It was about eight years. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so obviously, because I know some of what your path is, you were auditioning and you were getting cast and you were doing shows and you're sort of kind of climbing the ladder. If you like, yeah, you I mean, know, people, so to you know, speak. Funny. You, you meet people. I met people who were like, you know, like you do in theater. You meet people that are coming from you know, into your show from any, you know, bunch of different experiences. They have a bunch of different uh, motivations, and everybody's in it for for different reasons. And uh, um, and I. You know, it was, it was cool. It was cool to honor all that, all those different people and meet all those people. And for me, it was like, I felt like I really just needed to, I just needed to be on stage. I needed to get in, get, get, get back and get acclimated. Cause honestly, when I, when I did my first show, it felt like, you know, I was forgetting lines and I had like six lines and I was, I had, I felt like I'd forgotten everything that I learned. <laughs> Eight years before, it was like, really, I was like, you know, I don't think that's everybody's story. I don't think it's everybody's story, but it was mine. And it may have been from where I was coming out of my life, I'm not sure, but it really was, it was like starting over again. So, um, you know, so that was, that was, and so it was good. I was just kind of think, well, I'm going to just keep, keep at this and get more experience and get more experience. And it was great. It was fabulous. It was in some really, really fun shows. Cool. Yeah. So do you feel like, um, I always have this sense of, like, who would I be if I wasn't exploring this path? Do you have a sense, since you said yes to coming back into it and you've allowed that to be a part of your life, that the way you feel now exploring that path versus the way you would have felt if you would have never done it again? Was there sort of a... I always think I sort of like a like walking through life kind of numb but not knowing it when you're not in it and then getting in it is like, yes, this is it. Yeah. Probably it's a good question to keep asking ourselves, (laughs) you know, what if I don't take this risk? What if I don't take this chance? And what if I don't do this? That's a great question to ask. You know, we, I believe we told them, believe it, you know, you know, as actors, we make choices, we have to make choices, part of our job. And, you know, my choice was to, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this. So, you know, and there's been, there have been consequences. <laughs> there are definitely consequences to taking this, taking this path, but it's, it's, it's what I love. 
And I don't mean, I don't know. I know, what if I had done, what if I, and who knows, you know, maybe if I fell in love and, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, circumstances had been different and I, you know, you know, pursued some other career or had not done it. I mean, I, I um, you know, I, 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 I can imagine, but I, I don't know what, I don't know what that would have been, been like. I mean, you know, I mean, I had, I, and I can't, my mom loved, loved her kids. Had had seven kids and loved us. She really loved us. But I mean, she here's a woman that that had a you know a possibility of a career. Got gotten her equity card and then gave that up to have a family. And it's a choice that she made. And she wanted to. She and my dad both wanted to have a lot of kids, and and they did. And, you know, so. Um, I don't know. I, I you know I took this. I took this choice, and honestly, I, you know, looking at this choice even now, you know, a lot, long time after that, uh, that, you know, I, I got back into the uh, theater in '86, whatever it was, I still ask myself, what are you thinking? <laughs> what do you think? You know, I do sometimes. Why do you, Why do you ask yourself that when you're? Oh, fear. It's just fear. Fear of like because of the money is yeah, oh, not. Yeah, yeah. You I know. mean, you know, it's it's a. Um, you know, I'm giving up. I mean, I don't, I don't know what would life would look like otherwise, but it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough career to make. Well, I've been very successful. And I've been very lucky, but I have not made. Honestly, I've not made a lot of money doing this. So, you know, it's a concern. You know, what's it going to look like? But that, you know. I'm kind of wired this way anyway, so what, what's it going to be like in 10 or 15 years? I don't know. I don't know. Right. You know, so, yeah. um, but again, you know, we get to make this choice. You know. So you were doing uh, theater here locally, mm-hmm. and you started out at the community theater level, but I know it didn't, you didn't stay there. You're obviously not still there. So how did it, what was the journey like from there? Well, you know, I am kind of on the, there were there were here in Phoenix in the mid '80s when I got back into it. There were it was there wasn't a lot of there weren't a lot of ways to make money here. There were no other than Arizona Theater Company. There were no equity houses here in Arizona at that time in Arizona, not just in Phoenix. Um, uh, Actors Theater and Phoenix Theater both. Uh, um, became members of uh, Actors' Equity. They both uh, um, signed contracts with Actors' Equity and started hiring equity actors in the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, uh, Arizona Jewish Theater um, came into existence about that time as well. Um, and so then there became some some uh, uh, some jobs for, act, for uh, actors that uh, wanted to do... Uh, Wanted to act in, in plays and get paid for it. So I, you know, I kind of I watched actors that I worked with, actors that uh, that were members of Actors Equity, and how they made their living and how they worked, and uh, kind of they were, you know, terrific actors. Bob Sorensen, Kathy Fitzgerald, Robin Fairkin, uh, but you know, others. And um, and and then you know they were doing film and television was was available out here then, but you know it took me a while to you know really the courage, the self-esteem up to think that, well, maybe I could do that too. So, um, 
you know, but all that, you know, Phoenix is, you know, it's grown up kind of late or, you know, not really grown until recently. So it's been, you know, it's, uh, uh, it was slow to come, but now that it's here, it's like, yeah, I, 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 um, um, again, I got to a point in, um, uh, in, uh, 1995, where I thought, you know, gee, maybe I could, maybe I could get an agent now. I think this did just, I don't know why, I just felt the time felt right, and I went and auditioned for an agent, and um, I got, uh, um, I got signed, and um, have had some fantastic experiences doing doing film and television. And I joined Actors Equity again. The time was right in 2001. I um, uh, moved back. I was in Colorado doing some theater and teaching up there for, had been up there a couple of years, um, working in a melodrama theater. And uh, in the final year I was up there, I, I taught theater at a small uh, Fort Lewis college up there in Durango and moved back in 2001. Uh, my mom uh, uh, was pretty ill at the time and uh, uh, and needed some help. And, and uh, it was the right time for me to move back here. And uh, it was the right time for me to join Actors' Equity, so I joined at that time. And, you know, like everything else, uh, you know, for a guy like me, it's always like, oh, am I going to work? You know, is anybody going to hire me? But it, it's a, it's actually, I think, a good concern to have. Especially yeah. in, a, in an area like this where you're not in a New York or L.A. where that's not well, necessarily going to help you to have your equity card necessarily. Because well, the, the opportunities are fewer sometimes, right? Well, you have to. If in Arizona, you make a choice if you join Actors Equity because there's um, it is a right to work state. Um, there are there are not a lot of equity theaters out here, um, and of course, if you're a member of the union, you can't work on a non-union. You can't do community theater anymore. So there are fewer opportunities here. Um, but I believe, being a union member, that we deserve to be paid for what we do, and uh, and I've been fortunate. I um, have been able to work every year that I've been um, a member of Actors' Equity, and I've been very fortunate, really, the last uh, uh, six years to work steadily. I've been blessed. And um, uh, and I joined uh, Screen Actors Guild in 2007, because, again, I felt it was, for me, it was the right time. It's the right opportunity, and I, and I, um, and I wanted to do that. You know, I mean, in L.A., uh, yeah, it probably doesn't make a huge difference for you to be a member of Actors' Equity because there's not everything there is an equity waiver theater. But um, but you have to be a member of Screen Actors Guild to work in L.A., really. So, and if you're a member of one, you're a member of, I mean, I'm, a, I'm doing my union thing here, but if you're a member of one, you're a member of all. That's the end of part one of my interview with Mike Lawler. What I love most about this first part is the fact that his career really didn't get rolling until he was in his 30s and more grounded as a person. I love that. I love that there is no limit. Age is just a block that we create. Thanks, Mike. So I want to take a minute to share one of my great finds and the main source of inspiration for this podcast, which is actually another podcast called Inside Acting Podcast out of Los Angeles. It's hosted by Trevor Algott and AJ Meyer, and you can find the Inside Acting Podcast on iTunes and on Facebook. Facebook. 
I highly encourage you to check out their website at InsideActingPodcast.com. They've produced over 145 episodes with amazing interviews from the business side, the artistic side, to encouraging all of us to do our own work, DIY, and just encouraging all of us to be great people in the world. I hope you'll all take a listen because it is well worth it. I'd also like to thank them for their personal on-air blessings. Their encouragement in episode 97 was a key motivation for me to follow my dream to create Living the Dream Acting, the podcast. I really appreciate you guys in more ways than I can express. Well, that's it for the very first episode of Living the Dream, Acting the Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you'll come back and listen to part two of this interview with Mike Lawler coming soon. And now for some special thank yous. Thank you to Matt Knight for lending his voiceover expertise to the podcast. You can find out more about Matt on the website at livingthedreamacting.com. Remember to go there to connect and leave any helpful comments. And you can also connect by liking us on Facebook at livingthedreamacting.com. Thanks to all of those who have been emotionally supporting me in this process and who have supported Living the Dream Acting for the past several years. And thanks again to you for listening. I'm Christina Kipper-Halstead. Have a great week. And remember, when opportunity knocks, don't be afraid to open the door. Thank you for listening to Living the Dream Acting, the podcast. Have questions or a story you'd like to share? We'd love to hear from you. For more information or to get in touch, please visit our website at livingthedreamacting.com.